0: Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of international countries. One day, my big dream is to interview our top-level leadership and their spouses, um, either active in the role or former, because I believe we all could learn a lot from their insight, their wisdom, And uh, the goal of this show is to help empower you to find happiness from within and to remind you on those dark days to not give up hope. Sometimes on the show, I also will speak on topics that I feel uh, through my faith system. uh, The creator of the universe is what I identify as my deity. I feel sometimes spirit-led in my heart to talk on certain topics and I was actually drinking my coffee as I am right now. One second. Mmm. It's so delicious. I got the holiday flavor creamer. So good. Uh, <laughs> I was just drinking my coffee and watching, uh, actually Michelle Obama has a new book coming out and I saw like a little, I don't know if it was like a promo. It wasn't really advertising the book. It was, well, kind of. It was talking a little bit about it, but it was also talking about, she was talking about like affirmations and how she kind of overcame being shut down and during the pandemic because a lot of people, her friends, her community members were reaching out to her, asking her for help. And so that's what her book is about and whatnot. So I was watching a little video and then something told me to pause it and get on my phone and talk on a topic called love. And I was like, okay. So uh, when I do these topics that are self-directed from the creator, don't pre-plan them, don't have notes in advance, I don't do research. This is just from my heart to yours. So my advice to you is take what you love, leave what you don't, and hopefully by the end, you have a couple of golden nuggets you can take action on in your life to help inspire and empower you to have a more joyful life and not give up hope. Okay. So first things first, what is love? We all define it differently. I do like the biblical term in, I believe it's in first Corinthians. I think it's four thirteen. Let me double check where it's. Talking about, if you're not familiar with it, it's love, is joy, patience, peace, all kinds of things. Depending on which translation you're reading, it might sound a little bit different. but I'm gonna open it up, and I spent a lot of time growing up in the church, and almost oh, be Second Corinthians. Um, I don't expect myself to have the Bible memorized because it's way too big for that. Um. And I don't expect <laughs> you to have your faith system memorized either. Um, although if you do, like my hat's off to you. That's really cool. Uh, but the the neat thing about in my faith system, the Holy Spirit, is that verses come upon you when you absolutely need them. Um, I found that out a lot in 2020 when I got down on my knees and I was praying and crying because my businesses had gotten hacked into and my home was broken into. I didn't know what was going on. Everything was shut down. I was locked out of social media. Basically everything that I had built up following this purpose that the creator put on my heart, everything was just like whoop, taken away in a moment. Um, And we get emotionally connected to things that we work on and work towards, and so I had to learn, which is an extremely high level in a variety of faith systems. It might be called something different. Where you detach yourself from that item or that rank or that role, and just let it go and say, it, let it be. If it's if it's meant to be, like that song, right? If it's meant to be, let it be, let it be. So, anyways. Um, I had to learn, and it's a constant thing. It's not just like a one-time thing, but I had to learn to let it go, let it go. So I'm looking in the back of my Bible because for some reason it's not coming to me right now. Um, love is patient. Love is kind, those kinds of things. Well, anyway, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Some other aspects of love I really like the definition of agape love. And I learned about that at a pretty young age um, in the church. I don't think it was on a Sunday. I think it was like my my mom invited me to a lot of things during the weeks. Or uh, we were homeschooled, so uh, we we got connected through. They didn't have a lot of educational resources at that time in the school district that we were in. They've changed the laws since then, but mom had to pay for a lot of curriculum. And we got plugged in through the church. They had a homeschool uh, program where we could study and learn some things there. And it was either through that or through another church doing some sort of weekend training, something like that. They spoke on. It might have been David Gother. We went to a lot of his conferences. Anyways, um, the Kind of the definition of agape love is where you love and you give your love without expecting anything in return and that is that is real true love where you take a risk you take a huge risk and maybe you do something for someone else for example, when I was in safe housing in 2020 didn't know exactly what was going on I had At that time, I had requested a wellness check for someone that I had been seeing but was like going through really bad psychosis. It was close to the anniversary of his son's either birthday or his death date. Um, His son had ended his life by suicide and uh, he had started making plans to kill his mother, and so he needed. He needed some love and support from professionals and maybe have some time in a hospital kind of situation. But um, during the pandemic, I don't know if the officers just didn't hear me right or they didn't offer a wellness check. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, my landlord at the time had gotten a call back a couple days later and she was worried about me because she got a call from the guy that I had been seeing that now I was not and trying to get him help and whatnot. And she said, Aaron, he is calling me and he's talking all kinds of crazy. I was married to a person with mental illness who tried to kill me multiple times. I'm very concerned for your safety. And I didn't listen to her the first go around because she was, I had been with her at this point for like six or seven months. And she just had a lot of anxiety, and I could feel that from her, that energy. And so it was just like, okay, she's making it bigger than she needs to make it. And she kept saying it, and the next day she said it again, and I think you should get some help. I think you should get into safe housing. And I was like, "What? Are, what is that? By the third day, I finally started listening to her, and we had just had this event I had created out of nothing um, later term Called it Rich Happy Therapy, where I was bringing in high level influencers to meet with each other in an online environment. Um, it was we did one free one, and it was highly successful with I think three continents represented, and we had a number one actress from uh, the or uh, the actress from the number one uh, Netflix show of 2019 was present, and it was a pretty big deal. It was free; I didn't charge anything. I did the work, but um, I enjoy bringing people together that's my way to love on others. And so I um, was getting coached and they advised me to start charging. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to charge some people and not charge others and just see how it goes. And, um, he had been invited to the first one. Um, uh, but we had done this networking event with the cybersecurity group And he had gotten us kicked out. He was just weird. He was interrupting people. He was like dominating the conversation. It was just, it was really strange. And so I didn't invite him to my charged event because I didn't, like now money is involved and I didn't want him embarrassing me, my business. Like he wasn't doing well psychologically. I asked him if he had ever um, been to a therapist before or seen a psychologist, psychiatrist. And he said that they refused to meet with him. I don't know if that's true, or if he was just embarrassed about it, or if he was a plant the whole time to try and destroy my brand. I really don't know. Um, all of it was extremely strange, and because uh, he said that he had a high level FBI person that if he needed any help with anything, they would they'd be able to do some research on people for him, and it was just weird and yeah, it just, it wasn't good. Um, but I didn't want to harm this individual. Uh, I still loved him with the, with the love that the creator has given me to give to others. I love everybody because that's, that's what I'm called to do in my faith system. But there's different levels and, and, uh, depths of love. And agape love is where you love someone without any expectation in return. So, although he was acting strange, um, I was trying to show him and demonstrate love to him and that I was going to not allow himself to embarrass himself in my business meeting for one. Cause when you, when you get to a point where you're, if you have someone that's going through psychosis, they aren't acting like their normal self. They're needing, they're needing some help, whether it's medication, whether it's hospitalization, whether it's, taking a chill time, maybe they haven't slept in a couple of days, giving them time to rest, whatever it might be. And uh, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine what it would be like to have a child and then lose that child from their own self-infliction. I can't imagine what that would be like for a parent. But as this mission is for my brand in my business to help empower people to especially depressed people to find happiness from within a lot of people that are suffering from either suicidal ideations or have family members that are suffering or completed the deed of suicide they have been reaching out to me for years since since I launched this move happy business and It's my duty to do the best that I can with the knowledge, the skills that I have, Uh, but I am very upfront with people. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm just a person with depression that's had to design my own forms of healing through the years when traditional formats did not work for me. So demonstrating love, to another human being is necessary, and in my faith system, it's what I'm called to do no matter what, so we didn't really know what was going on with him other than I requested the wellness check, um, and then something weird happened, and three days later, I get my landlord is requesting me to get into safe housing telling me that they'll give me food and shelter for a short time until I can get into my own housing and um, just didn't really know what was going on and so I had a top level executive protection professional that was the president of this this organization that was defunded their al- alumni group he was a part of my networking event my rich happy therapy um, he got a free ticket because I thought uh, that it would be more valuable to have him be present although he could have easily paid uh, but I was learning how to value myself higher and how to set pricing for it it was a brand new thing I developed and all that I asked of people was to give me honest feedback, um, fill out the pre-questionnaire and fill out a post-questionnaire afterwards and whatnot. And we had incredible leadership, a part of this. Uh, my high school choir teacher got to be a part of it, and I got to honor him and his daughter was present. Uh, we had a professional that has worked for, in the past, Mr. Rogers, the famous TV show host that they have made a movie out of from Tom Hanks, um, body language expert, top 22 body language expert in the world was present. Like all of these people stepped up to be a part of this. Um, my platinum sponsor of my nonprofit that I started the next year, I was just one of my platinum customers, um, through the years. And it was a neat experience. So when I started noticing that my, my technologies were acting kind of wonky after that, I thought that he was upset because I did not invite, he asked, he expected to join in the person that I was seeing at the time, um, had asked, like, where's my, I didn't get my invitation. And I said, I'm so sorry, but you didn't want to show up for the free one. You don't get a free ticket to the charged one. So if you'd like to pay for a ticket, you can. And he didn't like that very much. Um, and so I thought at that point that he might've been messing with my technologies. There was a few things that year that had disappeared, like the podcast where I'd interviewed the Team Doctor of the Baltimore Orioles. It completely got erased off my computer. No other episodes had been erased. And he had conned me into give giving him access because he told me he had a, a website team that would help me get my podcast onto Podbean or onto uh, Spotify and simplify the process for me earlier in the year. He had conned me um, into giving him access and I believe he got pissed off and committed some felonies um, within my technologies. And I let this, this president know, this organization that had been defunded, because he had made a mention after the event. He liked it so much he wanted to meet me in person. And he said, I'm going to be in town. I uh, would love to sit down and have lunch with you and, um, whatnot, if that's possible. And I was like, okay. So I knew he was coming into town and I said, uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but I, I, think my, my ex is kind of messing with my technologies. Um, do you know someone that can help with that? And he was like, no problem. Um, and so that's how that started with getting assistance from him. And then it got worse and worse and worse. Uh, to the point where I'm in safe housing and he had advised me to connect with this homeless veteran that would be in the lobby. And he said, this is a person you can trust. Because for some reason he knew that I wasn't going to be able to trust people. I didn't At that time I didn't realize that he was involved in the whole thing. Um, didn't know exactly what was going on, but two years of... Th- Thinking things over, you get clarity. You get a lot of spiritual revelations and whatnot. And um, during that time, I I had free cybersecurity scan on my computer before I got into safe housing from the one of the original cybersecurity experts of Apple and Microsoft. He just happened to be a guest on my podcast. Like the creator gave me all of these people to assist with with exactly what I needed. And um, I had chatted with this uh, cybersecurity expert um, who he called me a friend, uh, but though we barely knew each other. I just, he must have really enjoyed the experience on the show and is a really kind human being. So he, he reached out to check in on me because he was worried about me, um, you know, not posting on social media like I was, and he knew my computer stuff was really bad. He said he would put his name on all the legal documents if I decided to sue someone because that wasn't right initially when he first decided to help me he told me he did not want his name on anything but by the end of a two two and a half hour scan he was like Aaron somebody effed you over real bad and so I was like okay so he was following up with me maybe a week or two later and I'm still in this safe house and just trying to climb myself out of this dirt hole and mud that was you know my life (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I didn't have any anger towards this person that I was seeing that I now wasn't, clearly was not seeing anymore. I didn't have any anger towards him because I've had this since I was a child. I am a child of the Most High King. I have this overflowing... overflowing amount of love and I would give my life I would give my life for another person not that I'm wishing that on myself but people were like you should be so angry at him and blah 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 and I'm like no this man was in crisis this man lost his son and was reminded of that around that at uh, time of the year i had compassion and it could have been easy to just try and destroy him as a human being send him to send him to prison or send him to a psych ward or whatever I think I think it would do him well to have time in a mental institution. Um, but I wasn't vindictive. I wasn't upset or angry. I was just... I had maybe like a few minutes of being angry. But then all of these weird things were happening with the technologies. And I had remembered a vision of a video of personification where people's technologies were getting hacked into and other people were pretending to be both of them I had that vision so clear of a video that I had watched and speaking to my brother about having his technologies hacked into I had I had the wisdom and the restraint to not just want to attack this person because that would have been easy to everyone desires when there's a crime to identify the perpetrator but it was, not, it was not just an easy, this guy did it. No. This was cyber warfare from another country. And this is what my cybersecurity expert said. We see this all the time when we are protecting people's businesses that pay us for cybersecurity. We see it all the time. It is often in Asia. It is often companies that are of China because they are very good at their cybersecurity attacks. And earlier in 2020, for one month, I had gotten hired as a regional manager for a poker app company in the USA. It was, they were just launching the team. My U.S. head of USA was a professional poker player an American. I met him in person and I met our Chinese connection. She identified herself as the interpreter. But I've soon found that she was not the interpreter cuz my US contact was an incredible guy, super cool. He he invented something at 15 years old. He don't need money. He did it cuz he loves to play poker and I love it too. It's I think it's really fun. My grandfather taught us how to play growing up and it's a cool historical thing. I don't know if it started in the States, but a lot of military people play card games and whatnot. And it's a fun recreational thing. Well, um, didn't know that out of the 13 States that I was responsible for that 11 of them, it was illegal to have poker games. So how could I be successful marketing (laughs) this business when it is an illegal activity? So I was concerned about that, and when I was made aware of it, then I said, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to promote something that's illegal in my country. Now, they required us to use our own personal technology devices, and I deleted their apps off of my computer after being uh, let go. And I was getting notifications for this particular app after I had deleted it that it needed to be... You know, ever so often you'll get like the your apps need updating, whatnot. And I was like, "Hmm, that's weird because I already deleted it off of my main screen and also in the apps section. So I called Apple, and they found that it had been hidden in my computer in a special folder. They helped me get it deleted off the computer. And uh, maybe a few weeks, a few months later, I had to call back because my microphone started popping up. The message, like Siri was listening in on my conversations, or I had said something, but I, I didn't activate that. I didn't give it permissions and didn't turn it on, and I didn't hit the button for it to go off. So it was weird that it was like, hmm that's odd so I called them back they said they couldn't find anything in the computer okay called a third time and let them know hey I had a very important interview with a team doctor from a major league baseball team and it got deleted like I don't know what's going on but this is the third time that I've had to call you guys and they did what they did And even after three times calling Apple, I still got professionally hacked into and all my technologies shut down during that time. And initially, I believe this team, this alumni team that got defunded, one of their branches of teams uh, that does not have good accountability, uh, that might be taking money from other countries to do dirty work and steal from their own people. I believe they were involved in it because he came to my house. He had access to looking at information. And I had connected him to, at that time, a woman and her husband that were volunteering to be my business coaches that had supposedly all the money in the world. They had access to all the money in the world, and they were going to help me grow my businesses. That's what they told me. But what I learned from my hero of 2020, this homeless veteran, who didn't know me from anyone... People that have access to money aren't always the best people to help you. He was a homeless veteran, and he was homeless not because he was helpless. He was homeless because he had a big house, and he gave it away to a family that were sleeping outside. They had, I believe, five kids. So a big old family, seven or eight people in their family, and he didn't see that it was right, that this family was sleeping outside in our country when he fought wars for our country and he had all this, this big old house because he wasn't associated his spiritual level was so high that he was detached from the home and it didn't bother him to give it away so I met him after he had slept in the woods for three years and they, that was his first housing again was in this, this safe house situation in a motel that's where I met him and he decided, we became friends. He saw my Bible one day and was like, hey, that's a good book. I'm like, yeah, I wish I read it more, you know. And we started a conversation. He started taking me to church. Started letting him know a little bit of what was going on, but a lot of it was confusing to me at the time because that's, that's, what, that's what cyber warfare is. It's full of confusion. And he helped me to learn to let go and to trust in a stranger because we were aligned in faith, and he also sh- shared with me a bunch of other faiths that have similar tenets, uh, similar core values, and whatnot, which I thought was neat because I love learning about other cultures, other faiths, and how to bring unity. Because that is what love is: is when you respect other people and you're kind. And you don't expect it back in return. But when you have people that are all full of respect. And agape love in the same room. You can get a lot accomplished. You can get a lot accomplished. So. Love is not an easy subject. And. Something that I don't think I'm an expert at. I definitely have a lot of years to learn but I do believe that the creator designed me to lean in more towards the love side uh, allowed me to experience extremely challenging circumstances from a young age and all through pretty much my whole life to test me like Job was tested to make sure That I still am choosing to love others, even when people hurt me, wrong me, disrespect me, steal from me, try to kill me, that I still choose love. And you can choose love as well. Love doesn't mean that you stay in an abusive relationship thinking that they're going to change their behavior love is loving them from a distance if you're in a violent relationship giving yourself love respecting your own boundaries and saying if you change your behavior have accountability check in with your parole officer whatever it is on a regular basis get rid of the alcohol get rid of the drugs whatever whatever is causing them to act out of character um If you desire to give a person another chance and if not, love is saying, I love you so much and I also love myself and I'm going to walk away from this relationship because I can see that I'm loving you more than you're capable of loving me. Love is not putting your hands on someone violently and setting that boundary and being that example for kids, especially if there's kids involved in it because kids will learn from you and they'll repeat your pattern. You want them to repeat a pattern of finding an abuser or repeat a pattern of walking away when a relationship is not healthy. You get to decide. We can also love people in the workplace respectfully, platonically, with agape love. Uh, Whether it's fellow employees Um, guests or customers, if you're in a business setting or if you're in an educational setting, your students. Um, I received a lot of love when I got into public school from a couple of teachers. Like they're, they're my favorite teachers growing up. Mr. Russell was one of my favorite math teachers in junior high. He was this really cool country guy. He always said he was an older guy with long gray hair. You put in a pony or he'd braid his hair, and uh, he had Miss Ellis, was our student teacher, and she was in the ROTC program. I don't remember what her job was in the military, but I do remember her showing us jumping out of a helicopter, and I thought it was the neatest thing that she was learning to be a math teacher, but she was also, like, fighting crimes and whatnot, fighting wars, I should say, and uh, she said, I think they did a test where she had to climb up the rope. I don't know if she made it all the way up to the top, but I remember her telling you know us things, and, and that's neat. That's like a great example, role model of fitness, and girls can do anything, you know, girl power. And she had to leave. She wasn't able to finish her student teaching experience because she got called to war. So we're like, oh, crap, like this is real, real life. Um, but Mr. Russell was really great in helping us to learn about math and making math fun, um, I met Frank Champaco in there. He was one of my classmates. who was a really neat guy, and he taught me how to beatbox and how to make a drum beat on a pencil in the class. Because we had sometimes we had some downtime and whatnot, and uh, we had a good old time in school. Um, a lot of the teachers were. Cool. They were kind, uh, but did not a lot of them stood out to me. He was he was one that really stood out to me in junior high. Mr. Hoganson, our band teacher, he was this crazy funny guy. He was bald, and he always stuck a plunger on his head to get us to laugh. And uh, he did all kinds of things above and beyond. Um, I've I really appreciated how he taught us because he was a professional musician that toured around the world, actually. Um, I remember him talking about being in Japan with his band at one point when they had a really bad earthquake and all kinds of things. And he came back home and he was our teacher. His family, I remember, adopted a a black child. And uh, the reason why I knew that was because we had a girl, Rondiria, which is crazy that I remember her name because all my, (laughs) all my yearbooks are with my husband. Uh, but, uh, she had this condition called sickle cell anemia, I think, is what it's called, where your blood, uh, like the RBCs, I I believe it is, um, they get shaped instead of like, like a, a circular shape, they get shaped like a C, and they get caught and stuck in like the veins and stuff like that, and they don't a lot they they cause like clogs and whatnot, and it can cause death, and it's a pretty common sickness of certain, um. African-American DNA and I don't know if there's a cure for it now but I remember her passing away and she was like 13 years old and we all had to go through the process of that. Um, I didn't know her really well so I wasn't emotionally charged about it but I remember the conversation because he stopped our whole band instruction and wanted to talk to us about the importance of it and understand the condition and whatnot because his sister who they had adopted had it. And he spent many times in the hospital uh, where I believe she would get transfusions and whatnot. And he helped us to understand this medical condition. And that was important in my memory bank because we did a really good job in band. We were competing at like a level one, which is the top level. And he still made time to pause, take a break from the work, talk about family and to talk about death and whatnot and he was an incredible guy in the junior high Um, and then in high school my two favorite teachers Miss Wheeler who was a guest on the podcast in 2021 I was actually still uh, with my hero at that time and interviewed her at a McDonald's (laughs) of course she wasn't there present it was on zoom um She is an incredible teacher, and she just got her Ph.D. A great example of continuing your education. Um, She's got perhaps different political belief system, um, but we all come from different backgrounds and different knowledge banks, different perspectives. And what I love about her is that she still treats me now. We're kind of like friends. I see her as like a a big sister type, and she she will never judge me for if I'm believing in a different political belief system or even a different faith system, because we have two totally different faith systems. We can still have a healthy conversation, be cordial towards one another, learn from one another. That, to me, is a great example of love. Uh, What I really liked about her teaching when I was in school her standards were extremely high. Her tests, uh, you, you didn't, nobody got A's on her tests. She made it really difficult to be successful because she challenged us to the next level. Um, she eventually became like the AP literature uh, instructor, but she should have been when I was a part of her class because she made it very challenging. But she was able to get us thinking about learning literature, culture, writing, getting us passionate about reading Um, because we had to read in her class because she had, I believe our parents had to sign off every week on our minutes and whatnot. And one day we were doing a Roaring Twenties themed lesson on culture and the literature and whatnot. And she said, Erin, jazz was coming out at this time. There were certain types of, there was a Foxtrot dance. There was a couple other dances that had come out around this time. Do you mind? Because I know that you dance in the music company. Do you mind uh, teaching the students a couple of dance moves? And I was like, Yes. So we moved all the desks and chairs, and we had a dance lesson in my literature class. I'm such a girl right now. that's to me an example of love because she knew me and she wanted she wanted to use my gifts to help make the class even better wow I was not expecting that at all Miss Wheeler helped me when I later became a teacher I pulled I pulled from my memory bank those high level high standards experiences she helped me to be a better teacher and when I worked in the psychiatric hospital where this move happy business brand everything started from it was lessons from her learning from her teaching style that helped to shape me for when I did group facilitation for programs that I created because I started asking my patients that after the first round we did it the second round we had some patients that re-enrolled in it because they had so much fun they wanted to stay in our group they liked the exercise they liked the positive conversations because it made them feel happier and more joyful so I started to raise the standards for those that were now alumni in the group because it, it wasn't their first rodeo and so I would ask one in particular I asked him can you keep track of the page number and write it write the journal prompt and the page number on the whiteboard because sometimes um, patients would Be on ward hold and they'd miss a day and then they'd think we were a day off um, or they just were forgetting because um, they had a lot of different classes and whatnot. And I wanted us to all be on the same page, literally. So I asked him to do that and he was like, Sure. Um, I'd asked another person to help out passing out the journals and collecting the journals and passing out the pencils and whatnot. I just asked them if they could help because I knew also that I was starting to interview for a promotion and whatnot for a psych associate role. At that point, I had interviewed um, outside of the hospital at a prison, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be staying there because I needed to make more money than I was making, um, and... The patient started stepping up. Had I not had those experiences with Miss Wheeler in high school, raising the standards in the class and really challenging us professionally, even though it was a low-income school district and she could have easily been like all the other teachers and just done the bare minimum, she didn't. She chose to raise her standards within herself, and that's part of the reason why she got Teacher of the Year for the whole entire school district we had at that time, I think four high schools. I don't know what all the sizes were, but we had like 1,500 or 1,600 at our one location, Um, like seven or eight junior highs, I think 16 or 18 elementary schools. It was a really big school district for her to get teacher of the year out of all of those schools. Um, It was a big deal. Uh, And then Mr. Krauss, of course, which many of you, if you've heard this show before, you know, Mr. C is my hero. He's a hero in my story. I've known him since I was nine years old. Um, That was the first time I met him in person at a 35 family yard sale or I don't know what I think they called it a yard sale. It was in the parking lot of the high school. He made sure that uh, money would not be an excuse for us not being able to be a part of the music program and be able to travel Um, And show us bits and pieces of the world to help us dream bigger about our life circumstances. And um, I was motivated because I wanted to buy a flute at that time. So I was motivated to sell my things at this garage sale and get my down payment to get a flute from the pawn shop. My parents um, wanted me to pay for it myself so that I could learn responsibility. Because they were learning how to parent better. Because my eldest brother was not afraid to ask for them to buy things all the time. And it was putting a lot of pressure on my dad. So uh, Mr. Krauser, I remember, walked around and uh, my middle brother bought a snare drum. And he showed us how to do a paradiddle on there and a double paradiddle. And I remember that. I was nine years old. That was a long time ago and through the years saw the groups dancing and touring around, because at that time I was homeschooled till 11, um, and my oldest brother was a part of his music company group, so mom, wherever mom went, I went with mom, and we got to watch his performances all over in their tuxedos and whatnot, and I loved to sing and perform. I had been performing since I was five years old, publicly for thousands of people, so I wanted to, to take it to the next level and be able to travel and perform and they got to go to Disneyland and perform and compete and my brother my oldest brother started a small boys group like a boys to men kind of thing but you know with the local boys and they'd come over to the house and they'd sing their music and that I loved that because these boys were cute (laughs) and I was starting to you know have those feelings that girls start to learn about crushing and all of that and plus they had good voices and I'm just like this is like this is so neat (laughs) and um, so eventually when I got to high school of course um, the year before I should say I auditioned for the group did not make it the first round I was an alternate Uh, I tied the same score as a senior for a position in this this elite music group and I got to I'm glad I said yes. I was, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to be alternate. But my oldest brother said, no, that's good. There's a lot of people that audition for it. I was an alternate. Do it. Say yes. And I was like, okay. So I said yes. And I'm so glad that I did because I got to spend three years with this professional performing director who not only walked The Talk... Uh, but he took it to the next level, the next level, the next level. We were always being challenged, uh, to be better performers, to be extremely good at fine tuning, critical details of feedback. When I got to college, had no idea we were singing college level music in high school. He never told us cause he wanted to keep us humble. When we competed, most of our music was college-level music that we would sing, and that's why we got first place, because they were like, well, first of all, your standards are really high, and you were able to successfully perform this music. Um, and we got to tour around, and we were a paid music business that he started. He wasn't trying to do it as a business, but he didn't he didn't know how to shut that part of his mind off. Um, he had taken a time, like 10-year break, where he got fed up with the educational uh, industry as it was. And he sold computers for 10 years and he did business and gave it up for 10 years. And then something told him to come back to it. And and I got to be blessed and learn from him so much so that when I went to the psychiatric hospital, I stayed in contact with him through the years and they heard me sing at the hospital, and a staff member, because when you raise your standards, you raise the standards in the culture, and if there's creative people, they want to they wanna in on it too. I had a successful program. The Move Happy group was so successful. Word started spreading around the whole entire hospital, and this woman that worked on a ward like three floors up. I never had talked with her ever before this point she knew who I was. She came up to me and she said, Aaron, I heard you can sing really good. I was like, yeah. She goes, I heard you singing at the, at the um, barbecue festival thing. I was thinking it would be neat to teach juggling. Would you like to teach singing and do like a co-op class, like a duo? And I was like, okay. Uh, I've never taught it before, but I know somebody I can reach out to and ask. And maybe we can add performing like comedy as well, because one of our staff members used to be a touring comedian. And she was like, I love that idea. So I reached out to Mr. Krauss and I asked him to meet me um, at the Starbucks by my undergrad by PLU. And so I could pick his brain because I said they want me to teach these patients how to sing. And I have no idea what, what I'm doing with that. I was like, I know how to teach, but like, I just, I want to, I want it to be done with excellence. And he was like, sure. So he met me and he gave me all kinds of tips and strategies, uh, to have a successful group. He's like, you don't know what level they're at. Some of them might be expert musicians. Some of them might be brand new beginners. You have to, you have to teach them based on their, their knowledge. Um uh, Find out what their goals are for being in your group. Do they want to learn how to sing scales? Do they want to learn how to sing pop music? Like those are two very different things. and uh, it was extremely insightful because then I had this little questionnaire thing that I had everyone fill out on day one so that I knew how to customize my part of the lessons to the patient's interests and help them heal through the power of music and, and the customized lessons and whatnot. Had I not had that relationship with Mr. Krauss, I know a hundred percent that the group wouldn't have been as successful. Cause I would not have thought about asking them if they were expert musician or if they were brand new or whatever, like all the things that he and I, chatted about on that coaching session. He's an incredible human being that I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, he will be honored from our top-level leadership for his contribution in education, his contribution in adding uh, to our GDP. Uh, If you heard our interview a couple months ago, I had him a, a second time on the show, his music business, the music company, and the music program gained so much. They actually were getting six... Figures. A high school music program teaching kids they can make six figures to continue their program to keep being able to upgrade equipment or replace equipment by music because copyrighted music is not free for schools. And if you're in a low income school district with zero budget or minimal budget, Chances are they're going to give that money to the math, the science, they're not going to give it to your music program or your fine arts or your physical um, activity, physical education classes. He found a way to go around that wall of the lack of financial resources and created a way to get the kids motivated enough, get the parents involved in it so that everybody wanted us when I was there and the, the legacy of the program to keep it going, to fund itself so that we didn't have to ask the community to pay more taxes if they didn't have the the means to do so, to fund the bonds and levies and all that. So I believe he will be honored, uh, Soon, sooner than later, because he's getting up there in age. An incredible human being. And I loved his example of love was great because he would always talk about Norma Jean, his wife. And he would tell us all kinds of stories of how he loved her. And his example of it we saw in the flesh. Because she helped all of us with our $600 dresses adjust our straps to customize fit our dresses to our bodies um, and they had to she and uh, Natasha's mom Mrs. Gilman had to sew a little pouch a, like a microphone pouch for our mic boxes to sit on our back side under the dress um, so that we looked Professional because we had a little J mic like the Britney Spears mic, and um, there had to be a spot for it to stay on the dress so it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't you know fall to the ground and whatnot. And sometimes we had malfunctions because things happen. um But his wife did that for us, and we would go over to their house um sometimes, and she'd always have fruit on the table, and we'd have conversations about life and culture, and um. He would always say just to protect himself from being, you know, falsely accused of anything like you're, if you're getting your dress adjusted at Norma jeans. Right. He was very particular about keeping things professional. When we, we had an average of 40 performances a year and us women, we never touched any of the equipment to load it into the vehicle. He made all of the men do it because he wanted to show them an example role model of chivalry. And not that us women couldn't lift up these things, um, but it, he was kind of old fashioned and I liked it uh, because we all did our part. Um, I, our group, our alto section was responsible to making sure all of the microphones were in the right um, little section of, we had a suitcase where we had four little sections in it. And so we had our alto sopranos, our tenors and our bases, and we made sure that all the baggies were in the right spot. All the, the mic boxes were in that, the particular spots. We all had our responsibilities. We stepped up to the plate. We had accountability. We had checks and balances and it was fun. It was fun because we had a good leader being a part of it and he's still a part of it. He's still a part of it because he got to be a part of this, this new second therapy program that we build to the state of Washington. you would be silly not to honor him i'm just saying <laughs> <clears throat> love is such such a complex superpower and when the deeper the deeper level of love that you have for yourself and the deeper level of understanding of what love is and the more that you give truly give of agape love without any expectation in return the deeper that is for you the better your life will be I don't have any regrets of loving the people that I have loved even the person that um, had a plan to kill their mom I knew that that part wasn't right I had to learn what was in me that I had allowed that to come into my circle. Cause I do believe what we send out in the world is, is what comes back to us. And that through the years, this was in 2020 when he and I met. So from 2018 to 2020, a little less than two years, somehow I had attracted someone into my circle, into my life that was suffering from the loss of their child through my content so I've had to learn since then of us the standard of not dating anyone that I've met online for example um even I don't do online dating or none of that stuff while I'm married now I don't need to but um doing the you know if someone's commenting on, on your posts and things like that I don't recommend women or men dating people that you've met off of social media for some it might be great for you but there are many people uh, especially if you're a mental health advocate you're going to attract people that have mental health concerns and conditions and you could put yourself in a security risk a safety risk i didn't know that because i was still learning about social media at that point i had only had a smartphone for four years so i was a preschooler when it came to smart technologies imagine yourself a preschooler and how much love you have for others right you might have a four year old at home or a three year old at home and how loving they are right they have their cranky moments when they're tired and they're sleepy but they're full of love and they want to give you hugs and they want to sit on your lap and have you read them a story right that's how i was with my smart technology i was so kind to everyone that people started sending me people on the podcast. I had incredible people in 2020 as guests on the show. I mean, the president of this alumni group that literally protects our top-level leadership. Like, what? In less than two years of sharing on social media, the internet is really incredibly powerful. If you're clear on your mission, you can attract the kinds of people that can help you accelerate to the next level of your destiny. And you can also attract, uh, lots of people that want to destroy you and tear you down because they can, uh, because they're jealous. And so you have to learn to kind of tighten up your circle. And I'm still learning that. And I'm grateful that my hero of 2020 became my husband of this year. And he taught me, he trained me a lot. I haven't seen him since Easter, but he knows, he knows that I miss him. He knows that I'm ready for him to return when it's The perfect timing. He's doing the work of the creator of the universe. And if anyone says anything otherwise, you can come talk to me about it. To my face. And I'll tell you what's up. We've had to deal with so much cyber warfare as a family this year people not doing things out of love. But it, it does say in the scriptures that if we are persecuted in the name of our faith system to consider it pure joy because it creates a level of perseverance which makes us stronger and The stronger we are, the better equipped we are to fight back. I choose to fight with love. I believe love is the most powerful force in the world. Jesus said to turn the other cheek when someone slapped you in the face or punched you, to give them the other side, to even it out. We're called to be peacekeepers. That's what we're called to do. And... Love in its full capacity has peace inside of it. So I'm learning every day and reminding myself to have this peace, to have this patience, to be kind to others. to not keep records of wrongs. It's been very difficult on that that one, I'm working on that one a lot because if there hasn't been a resolution and justice in a country where you're supposedly innocent until proven guilty, um, I've already had to fight off um, an attempted felony put on me from personification from cyber warfare when they hacked into a Republican's account, personified as them, conned me into believing that I was going to be a brand ambassador for a business, making me believe that it was a part of my husband's group um, of friends. There was an actual government agency that was listed as one of the phone numbers, these, these evil people from overseas. that are working with this alumni group that's been defunded. We need more checks and balances because I would love to be able to promote all top level leaders, but in order for that to happen, I need to have a conversation in person shake hands and see your spirit through your eyes because the creator has given me incredible spiritual gifts. And I can tell if someone is good when I'm around them because I can feel their energy. It's not as easy to tell through devices that I have that gift as well. There's just too many technological advances where people can fake other people's voices, change what's said on videos from typing in in the captions and changing it. There's too many ways that uh, cyber experts are using their powers for evil instead of good. So I can't wait for the Judas in our circle to correct the wrong get us connected as a family to the top level leadership and he will apologize in front of all of our top level leaders and my husband and I will forgive him we're going to shake hands we're going to hug it out and we're going to move forward he will pay back all of the people he has stolen from sevenfold And my husband and I will forgive him. But he needs to act quicker than he's been acting right now. And he needs to stop hacking into my technologies. Otherwise, the deal's off the table. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. And this episode on love. We hope you learned something today. We hope we added value to you. It would mean the world if you learned anything, if you loved any of it, you would write a couple of sentences and post it on social media and tag uh, tag our Move Happy channel and share the link so other people can hear it as well. Uh, we do have the Listening Room competition. Uh, if the creator desires for us to keep that moving forward, um, first level, we'll send out invitations for everyone that's helping us build out our brand on social media and taking action to spread more love in the world Uh, 10,000 downloads so we're not quite there but we're about close to 40% of the way Uh, somehow it don't make no sense but somehow we're in the top 10% ranked in the world across all categories again don't understand it don't make no sense to me but there's a lot of ranking factors that go into being in the top 10% out of 2.4 million shows and so we thank you for listening we thank you for sharing and for helping us spread this mission, this this uh, heart business with others, you can access our downloads from a computer at any time, twenty four seven. Just go to the Move That's T H E M O V E H A P P Y. dot P O D B E A N. dot And. 10,000 downloads will be our first level invite. It's like a private concert experience where you get to hear original music first to the market. And uh, I'm going to see if I can invite some of my fellow musician friends as well to join in. All right, love you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.